They listen to the cops and get in the car. Look what happened to Freddie Gray. Yeah, and what if they make it all the way to the station? Mm -hmm. You remember Sandra Bland? And let's say they do make it to trial. Mm -hmm. You see where that gets us? Don't you get it, Bo? The system is rigged against us. Maybe it is, Dre. But I don't want to feel like my kids are living in a world that is so flawed that they can't have any hope. Oh, so you want to talk about hope, Bo? Obama ran on hope. Remember when he got elected? And, and, and we felt like maybe, just maybe, we got out of that bad place and made it to a good place. That, that the whole country was really ready to turn the corner. You remember that amazing feeling we had during the inauguration? I was sitting right next to you. And we were so proud. And we saw him get out of that limo and walk alongside of it and wave to that crowd. Tell me you weren't terrified when you saw that. Tell me you weren't worried that someone was going to snatch that hope away from us like they always do. That is the real world, Bo. And our children need to know that that's the world that they live in. Woke up quick at about noon. And welcome into the Friday, May 29th edition of the podcast with Damian Barling, presented by Vibe Health Bar. I hope you took a listen to that clip that I just played there. It's from Blackish. Yesterday was a rough day, man. It's been a rough couple of days uh, for very obvious reasons. And I promise you, I'm not going to turn this into an episode of Be Conscious. If you want to hear Be Conscious, that's available on Patreon. And I know there are people who listen to this podcast who uh, listen mostly for the sports aspect of it. And, you know, I'll, I'll never shy away from the things that are on my mind, but... Man, it's been a rough couple of days. I haven't been in this frame of mind in a really, really long time. Yeah, I talked about the frame of mind that I had to get myself into to do be conscious, but it was so easy to get into that frame of mind. It was painful. It was frustrating. It was angering. But it was so easy to get into that state of mind because of what is going on in our world right now. And, you know, you hear that clip from Blackish, a show that, you know, that, that episode came out years ago. And I started to think about, man, all of the things that Colin Kaepernick said, and you're starting to see different athletes speak out, and you're hearing, you know, Carson Wentz is speaking out, and, you know, you've got you know, different people across Minnesota Vikings put out a statement. You know, it's, you know, it's so reminiscent, and you're seeing people trying to rally, like, man, we've got to get out and vote, and we've got to change things. And, you know, the last time Colin Kaepernick played was 2016. That was an election year. Like, this same shit was going on in 2016. Like, it's the same shit has been going on since, yo, man, since the beginning of time. And that's only a slight exaggeration. You know what I mean? It'd be certainly the beginning of time here in America. It's certainly been going on since, you know, the Civil War, if nothing else. You know, I, I was seeing what was going on in Minnesota yesterday, and I promise we'll get to the you know, the, 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 the results, or at least what appear to be the results of the NBA GM survey, I must have been mistaken. So my sincerest apologies. I thought the big NBA conference call, I thought it was today. Uh, but according to the ringer, I guess it was yesterday. I don't know if there's a second conference call today or I just had everything completely mixed up. But uh, th- there was a big conference call with the NBA and the Board of Governors uh, yesterday. Some of the results of the survey that the, surveys that the general managers filled out uh, had leaked. And so, you know, we'll get to that. Yesterday was just an absolutely horrific day. 
uh, for Major League Baseball. We'll touch on all of those different stories uh, as well. But, uh, you know, as I was watching what was going on in Minnesota, it just brought to mind what went on in Ferguson. And, you know, I started thinking about Ferguson and looking back on that. And Ferguson made me think about Los Angeles and looking back at Los Angeles. And then I just kind of started digging. And, you know, I remember, you know, I'd, 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 I'd watched documentaries on what went on in Detroit back in the 60s. I think it was 68. Looked back at the Watts riots. I think that was back in 64. Uh, you know, there was an incident, I think, in 62 in Philly. And I'm, I'm talking about major, you know, major, major civil unrest. And, you know, you could trace every single one of them to an experience with, you know, black people in their interaction with law enforcement. And I think that's one of the most frustrating things, uh, you know, about all of this, because I've gotten into a, you know, a number of exchanges, whether it's through text messages or, you know, it's in person dialogue or, or it's on Twitter or whatever. Where people are like, yo, what's what's the solution? Colin Kaepernick is, you know, preaching violence and this person is, you know, preaching peace. And it's like, yeah, none of them work. Peace don't work. Y'all didn't want a peaceful protest. And when I mean y'all, you know, I don't mean I'm talking about you. Collectively, the nation, y'all didn't want a peaceful protest. You were offended by that. You were offended by a peaceful, quiet protest that bothered you. You said it was disrespectful. You made it about the flag. You made it about the veterans. You made it about all this other bullshit it didn't have anything to do with. That's what you made it about. Okay. You don't want peaceful protests? Fuck it. You can have violent protest. Oh, wait. You don't want that either. You don't want peaceful protests. You don't want violent protest. And the truly fucked up part about all of this is it doesn't matter what it, it doesn't matter what form of protest you choose to do. It doesn't matter. Minnesota's not the first. Ferguson's not the first. The Los Angeles riots and Rodney King and all that, that ain't the first. Detroit, Watts, it was that ain't none of that is the first. We've been through all of this. We've been going through this for years, through decades, for centuries. Yo, someone asked me yesterday, my boy, my boy Tori asked me, what, how, how are we going to get Justin on this? Like, T, we're not. I'm going to get justice for George Floyd. There ain't going to be no justice. There never is. There never has been. The system, it's 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 what Anthony Anderson was saying there. It's what they were saying there in that in that clip from Blackish that I aired to start this show. Nothing's changed. No matter what black people do, it's gonna be wrong. Peaceful. No, nope, can't no man, peaceful. There was a peaceful protest at the Golden One Center. Oh, but that inconvenienced some of you, and that pissed you off. That was peaceful. Okay. How about a violent protest? Y'all feel about that? No? Well, we know how you feel about it, because we see it. We see it in Minnesota right now. That officer had 18 complaints against him. 18. I understand when you're a police officer, I understand what you have to deal with. And I can't imagine what those guys do every day, putting their life on the line every day. You know, I think about, you know, that young lady, I think she was in Davis. She was with the Davis police officer. You know, she was on the force. What, like a year? 
I mean, she was a fucking child. Every day they wake up and go to work. Every call that they take. Every call that they respond to. Every house that they show up at. Every domestic response. Every car that they pull over. You know, there's that underlying thought, man, this might be it. This could be it. So I can't imagine what they go through. But, but think about it for a second. 18 complaints. And you got to keep your job. Imagine whatever you do for a living. They complained about you 18 times. You, you still got that job? Brought that dude in front of the court today. He said, I'm going to take the fifth. Goddamn right, you're going to take the fifth. Little motherfucker, we got the video of you murdering that man in front of all those people. We got your little cohort standing by. No one's stepping up and see. There, there underlies another major problem. When police officers as a whole, I don't mean one, and I don't mean two. I mean as a whole. When police officers start speaking out against other police officers, then we'll have some progress. That might be step one to getting some progress because right now that distrust between the black community and the police force that has existed since the reconstruction era that has not gotten better since post-civil war times. It's embedded in that, that well, no matter what I say, these police officers are going to have each other's back. and I'm dead in the water. Like you think about, yo, it, 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 it's so prominent. Racism is so strong. Race, you know, Donald Trump has just, you know, brought forth this massive amount of racism. No, he didn't. You know, Donald Trump is a racist sack of shit. Don't get me wrong. And I understand that the opening couple of minutes of this podcast is, is, is a bit out the norm. So if you want to skip ahead, go ahead and skip ahead. I promise you I'm almost done. But this, well, this ain't Trump's fault. There are a lot of things that are Trump's fault. This ain't one of them. Because the fact is, What's different now isn't the amount of racism. What's different is the amount of racism we're catching on camera. That's what's different. That's the change. And this, these last few days, man, have just absolutely slapped me in the face. And anybody with a conscious, no pun intended, it's just slap you in the face too. Like how can you just sit by and stomach what we're seeing and stomach what we're dealing with? Awful, man. Absolutely. And, and on top of all of the other shit that we're dealing with. Now we got this too. My bad. I, I did exactly what I said I wasn't going to do. So let's hit this one more time. Woke up quick at about noon. And let's get going here with the May 29th edition of the podcast with Damian Barling. Uh, whether you listen to that 10 minutes or not, I greatly appreciate you being here. Yesterday was a dark, dark day for Major League Baseball, man. It was a bad one on many fronts. We're going to start there. Let's start. You know, first of all, actually, before we get to baseball, let's talk about something here locally, man. I was devastated to read. And, and this is just kind of a fact of life. I guess this is a darker podcast than, you know, I intended it to be. So if you want to skip today's episode, man, I completely understand. I just, you know, I, I, I sunk into my chair yesterday morning after the podcast posted and I was responding to some of the messages here on the text line, which, you know, you can always connect with me, whether you agree with what I say or not at 916-888-5898. But I, I started, you know, I, I've got Twitter open here on one of my screens and I started seeing a bunch of you know, posts coming up from from local media people, people over at CBS. Apparently, there was a big uh, round of layoffs at the television station yesterday. 
And that that was just, a, you know, a lot of those people I know, some behind the scenes, uh, some in front of the camera. And, you know, it kind of falls in line with, I don't know if it's hyperbole or not to think like, man, is, is, is life as we know it ever going to be the same? I had, boy, I had, you know, at the beginning of March, man, the future was looking pretty bright here for the podcast. Not that the future is dim right now, but I'm talking about, yo, we were lined up to do the NCAA tournament with Marshall. We had uh, spring training coming up. We had all sorts of television endeavors coming up. We had additional advertisers that were on their way. You know, you look at it right now and it's like, oh, I, yo. You know, t- TV stations are, are laying people off to plan for the next six months. Well, think about it. We don't, we don't know what the world is going to look like in the next six months. And it's just so amazing that our lives flip upside down, man, in the blink of an eye. Just absolutely amazing. So my uh, thoughts and my love go out, you know, to all the folks over at CBS, the ones that I knew uh, and the ones that I didn't know, man. I know media jobs are at a premium, and I hope each and every single one of you, I know how talented all of you are. I hope you guys land on your feet. Um, okay, let's get into the main stories now. Uh, again, forgive me for all of that. Let's get into the main stories. Uh, and I want to start with baseball, whereas normally I like to talk about basketball, man, because basketball seems like it's imminent. Uh, it's, 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 it seems like we're getting closer to a return. We're going to talk playoffs. We're going to talk championships. We might even be talking about Sacramento Kings playing games, man. That's all good stuff, but... Man, nothing is going right for Major League Baseball, and now nothing is going right for the minor league ball players uh, in the system. Uh, Rob Manfred said he would inform minor league baseball if and when players would be allowed to join affiliated teams. He hasn't done that yet. And yesterday, hundreds of minor league baseball players were cut, uh, and hundreds more were expected to lose their jobs. Uh, Team officials said a vast majority of the players uh, likely would have been released toward the end of spring training uh, if baseball hadn't been halted. And we've seen front office people cut. Obviously, ticket people have been cut. Um, we've seen just a massive amount of furloughs. We haven't heard from Pat O'Connor, who is the minor league uh, baseball president. He has yet to speak publicly uh, and acknowledge the foregone conclusion for 2020 and what the fallout from it is going to be. So I guess we're just left to interpret this all on our own. Um, the Oakland A's laid off a number of people. Like I mean, it is it is just brutal. And in this kind of in a roundabout way ties into you know some of my thoughts on where Major League Baseball is with the Major League Baseball Players Association. We heard a lot of vocalness, you know, and, and when I say vocalness, sometimes I, you know, mean in written word through Twitter as well or, or through social media. Like Max Scherzer is the first one come to mind. I'm sure everybody saw that tweet where he said, you know, yeah, we've got the proposal. We signed a deal actually back in March. We're not taking another pay cut. You know, we've got our prorated rate here and you've cut that in half. And now you want to cut that by 20 more percent overall. You want us to take like a 70 percent pay cut, man? We ain't going to do that. We're absolutely not going to do that. And you hear you hear this in all sports, which I think is why Adam Silver and why David Stern, for that matter, it, it, you know, they're, they're a genius and their geniuses in allowing the players to be a part of the process. You know, when they're allowing players to have a say in what the Board of Governors do. It's because if I'm a baseball player, if I'm Max Scherzer, or I'm one of these, you know, if I'm Mike Trout, I'm one of these you know, big, you know, big contract players, and it's my do- job 
in a you know in a roundabout way. Hey, I've got to look out for my teammates. What was the stat we had the other day? Sixty five percent of major league baseball players make less than a million dollars. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe it's my job as a, as a $35 million a year player, as a $30 million a year player, as a $20 million a year, maybe it's my job to look out for those guys. Technically, it's not, but those are my teammates. Maybe it's time for me to look out for them a little bit. And you've got these owners, these baseball owners. You hear, back, you hear football owners do this all the time, and when football owners, it's the biggest load of crap. Baseball owners, it's like we're in this financial peril and this coronavirus is just, it's cost us so much. It's ended our world. We couldn't possibly foresee this. Okay, man, that sucks. You know what? Let's sit down. Let's all of us collectively sit down. The owners and the, uh, the Players Association. Players Association president. Let's all sit down together. And let's open the books. Let's see what you actually make. Let's see what the Oakland A's actually make. Let's see what the New York Yankees make and the Boston Red Sox. And let's see exactly where all this financial peril that you scream of is coming from. Now, hey, we're not dumb. There's no games. Uh, which means uh, there's no parking revenue coming in. Which means there's no concession revenue coming in. Which means there's no ticket revenue coming in. And it, with 40 million people unemployed, it means there's probably a lot more merchandise revenue. That's not coming in. Discretionary income, and that's the one thing I think we haven't, you know, I think we have talked about it, but I don't know that it's been talked about in mass before because we all just kind of go along, man, when are we going to be able to get back to sports as we know it? Not just sports games, but when are, gonna, when are we going to be able to go back to the arena? You, I, oh, what was, who, what governor was it? Was it Arizona? Some, someone said recently, uh, and forgive me for, for not making note of who this was, someone said, yeah, you know, we, we, we could have 25% capacity. In an arena, you know, when sports get back to going. Oh, it was Texas. Here it is. Texas governor says that outdoor stadiums are allowed to have fans up to 25% capacity when sports returns. Okay. And we knew that could possibly be the case where we we slowly expand. We even heard that uh, uh, Gene Smith at Ohio State, we even heard that, that, that colleges might be experimenting with this. Colleges, you know, with those big old stadiums that you, you are operating at 25% capacity in Ohio State. You're talking about 25,000 fans. So you operate with all of that, okay, 20, 25%. Right now we're empty. So you, you, we're assuming that 25% of, let's say, the Cowboys or 25% of the Texas Rangers. Remember, 41 million people are unemployed. Discretionary revenue is going to be an entirely... <laughs> that's going to be an entirely different sum. What we're talking about here with the impact on baseball... Uh, and the impact on basketball for the foreseeable future, it, it's it's not just, you know, relegated to this year. It's not just relegated to next year. It's the term I, I just used, the foreseeable future. Because, I mean, th think about where we're at. Right? If, if they said right now, like, hey, the Kings are going to play tomorrow. And you know what? The hell with the virus. Kings are going to play a basketball game tomorrow, and if we're going to charge normal ticket prices, we're going to charge normal concession stand prices, we're going to charge normal parking fees. Could you get seventeen thousand people in there, or fifteen, or you know whatever the 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 capacity is for Golden One Center? You think you could fill it with where we're? At, everything is the same. Everything is exactly the same. 
we're just bucking all the CDC things and we're just, we're going out there. We're doing it. We're filling up the Golden One Center. Will people be able to pay that? 41 million people unemployed right now. State workers, county workers, uh, workers at, you know, random XYZ in place. Businesses have been shut down for months. Would they be able, what do you think? Okay. Cause I, I mean, I think the answer is an overwhelming no. And here's another question. Are, are tickets more at a premium? If you're only going in, in, in we're talking here exclusively in Texas, and I think this will likely spread uh, to other potential stadiums. I don't know that it'll spread to the Golden One Center. I think it could to like Levi Stadium. Uh, I think it could to SoFi Stadium in Southern California. Uh Probably to the new Las Vegas stadium. I think, you know, he, the, the the line that the Texas governor used there was 25% of outdoor stadiums. Do you think you could fill those stadiums to 25% capacity? Given everything that else is going on, do you think you could fill those to 25% capacity? It's what we were just talking about a minute ago. Life has completely changed. Like, it's it's just different. Discretionary income is going to be different. So whatever perils that baseball is suffering right now, they're not going to get better just because they go back and play baseball. Sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. They'll get a little bit better because they come back and play baseball. It's not going to be gone. You know, the financial hurdles that are in front of them, they're not going to be gone just because they come back and play 82 games. Or, eight, or Jesus, for goodness sakes, at the rate they're going, they're not going to play 82 games. They're going to wind up playing 70. Jesus, again, at the rate they're going, they might only play 60. And truthfully, after some of the stuff I read yesterday, they might not play at all. And now you've got infighting amongst each other. So the point in all of that was if baseball's really got it that bad, then turn over the books. You always hear this with football. Football not wanting to give up a certain percentage. Well, you've got a 55-man roster, and you've got, you know, that's why we can't pay all these guys so much, and that's why we've got to collectively, that's why we've got to collude, if you will, to bring the running back value down. That's why we've got to collude, if you will, to bring some of these positions that we don't necessarily value, positions that we could get through the draft. Let's, let's bring those values down. That'll save us money in the end. And then that way, when the next collective bar... I can't believe these clowns in the NFL signed a 10-year collective bargaining agreement. Oh, the amount of money that they're going to lose over the course of the next four years is, or 10 years is freaking extraordinary. The NFL is a cash cow. Think, think about this for a second. The NFL makes so much money that we know about. They have never wants to open their books to show us the actual dollar figure. This is just what's reported. How much money do you think the NFL is really making? And when you look at the percentage of what the players are due, which in the NFL, it's the lowest in all of sports. And I believe it's 47 and it peaks. And I can't remember what the trigger point to make it peak was, but it's 47 to 48 and a half percent. Sound right? 47 to 48 and a half percent. What do you think the actual percentage is of the real dollar figure that the NFL makes? Once you accumulate all of the money that Jerry doesn't tell us about. Once you accumulate all of the money that the Mora family and that the Kraft family and all of them that they don't tell us about. How much do you think it is? Specifically, you know, it doesn't matter how much money it is. Better question is, how much of it do you think the players are getting? See, the players are getting 47 to 45 of the reported amount of money. 
or, or excuse me, 47 to 48 and a half of the reported amount of money. But what percentage of the unreported amount of money are they getting? Because they don't have to open their books to us. They have to open it up to the IRS, but they don't have to open it up to us. And they don't have to open it up to them. So if baseball is in this financial pair and we've got to get the league started and we need players, particularly the rich ones, like Mike Trout and some of these other guys, Bryce Harper, these guys who have signed these massive deals, we need them to take a bigger pay cut than they agreed to take back in March. We need them to take a bigger pay cut than we collectively bargained three months ago. Oh, you do? Okay. Because we're already taking, you know, prorated salary because we're not playing games. That's fair. We're already taking half of our prorated salary because we get it. The league's not bringing in money. And now you want us to take even less. Explain yourself. The NFL players could, excuse me, the NBA players could end all of this by saying, yes, let's do it. Show me the books. What do your receipts look like? How much money are you bringing in? Oakland A's owner is worth what? $4 billion? $2 billion? $3 billion? He's worth billions of dollars. That's for sure. What would it take for you to operate this team this season? You going poor? I don't think so. You going broke? No. Every sports team that has been affected by the coronavirus, and this excludes the NFL because they haven't been yet, they're going to be in the red. Everybody's going to be in the red. You have to be. We've lost way too much to not be. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe. There are some NBA teams that are operating in the in the black. Maybe, but I can't envision it because, you know, we lost at minimum, I mean, anywhere between 17 regular season games, 17, 18, maybe 19 at the most, but I think, I think probably about 17, 18 regular season games. It's hard to lop off a chunk of games like that and go, ah, it didn't really have an impact on the bottom line. It had an impact, but was it enough to take you out of the black and put you in the red? We know that the Kings are in the red. And and truthfully, probably most small market teams are. I'd assume there's I I would assume a large portion of the league is in the red right now. And teams are trying to figure out ways to not be. There are a lot of teams that haven't asked assistant coaches and front office people to take pay cuts yet. Still, after all this time, there's still teams that haven't. And we're on the verge, I think, of a return. And so much of what plays into these leagues returning is the financial incentives. For players. And you could be mad at the players that you want to, but this is misdirected anger. You need to be mad at the owners. Particularly in baseball. Basketball, they're going to, I absolutely 100% believe they're going to figure out whatever compensation things they've got to figure out. You know, and we're going to have extensive conversations when we find out what the new salary cap is going to be. Because if you don't think that bitch is going to be slashed, boy, whoo. Man, you're sorely mistaken. And that's going to affect teams all across the league. That's going to impact uh, impact marquee players. That's going to impact, you know, uh, mid-level exception players. That's going to impact guys who were coming off contracts this year and guys who were coming off contracts next year. Like, think about, uh, you, you know, it, obviously there's no concern about their future, but think about Kawhi and Paul George. You know, they were kind of playing the money game here. You know, with the deals that they signed with the Clippers, they were playing the money game. Bad idea. Ain't going to work. Ain't going to work now. Because that money ain't going to be there. There's going to be significantly less money there. Once that cap gets reduced, remember the max salary is a percentage of the cap. So once that cap goes up, 
the max salary gets higher. That's why every player kept making more and more money over the course of the last few years. That's why Steph Curry was only the highest paid player in basketball for like a week and a half. The salary kept going up. Russell Westbrook had a chance to sign a deal. He signed a deal. Like Dame Lillard signed a massive deal. Good for Dame. Looking brilliant right now. He obliterated Dan Orlowski on Twitter yesterday. I mean, obliterated him. Orlowski was backpedaling and apologizing for all the things that he said on TV about him. But this, this, that's next year, the percentage of the salary cap is going to be significant. No, I'm sorry. The, the percentage of the salary cap is going to be lower. The percentage is going to be the same. The actual salary cap number is going to be lower. Therefore, the max, sal- the max contract is going to be lower. And every contract that follows the max contract is going to be lower. Bogdan Bogdanovich isn't going to make the money this year that he would have last year as a restricted free agent. Or excuse me, yeah, restricted, right? That's what he is. He's a restricted free agent. He wouldn't have made it if he was unrestricted free agent. It, it, it doesn't matter. The money's, the money's going to drop no matter who, uh, no matter what your uh, uh, free agency status is, restricted or unrestricted. It doesn't matter. All of these, you know, you 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 go back to baseball and you look at it. Now you've got, uh, uh, and I understand I'm all over the place. It's Friday, man. Play along. Trying to make this as fun as possible after starting out, uh, starting out as dark as we did. Now Scott Boris is involved, and he's getting called out by Trevor Bauer. Scott Boris is 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 telling uh, his clients. He wrote a letter to his clients. Remember, games cannot be played without you. Uh, players should not agree to further pay cuts to bail out the owners. Let owners uh, take some of their record revenues and profits from the past several years and pay you the prorated salaries you agreed to accept or let them borrow against the asset values they created from the use of those profits players generated. Uh, that's Scott Boris. Now, being around you know leagues going through collective bargaining things a, a time or two agents getting involved isn't uncommon agents putting in it writing and being so blatant about it yep that's 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 uh, uh uh that's different but it's scott boris man he represents i had the number here let me sorry i don't mean to be unprepared i had the number in front of me of the 1.2 billion dollars he negotiated 1.2 billion dollars worth of contracts this offseason He's got 71 players on rosters right now, counting the injured list. Amazing. Salaries range from, regular salaries, range from 563000 uh, That's the league minimum, to $36 million, which is where Mike Trout and Garrett Cole are. The March agreement, which we absolutely applauded Major League Baseball for, cut that in half. Two hundred eighty-five. That two hundred eighty-five thousand and eighteen million, and that's without the proration. I don't know if that's a word. Proration, holleration. That's that was the that was the salary they were going to take that salary and prorate it over the last eighty-two games, and they want more. They being the owners, they want more. And it was a bad. Yesterday was a bad, bad day. Yes, yesterday was the culmination in a series of bad days for Major League Baseball. We have talked about this now for well over a week. They can't get it right. 
They just keep getting in their own way time and time again. And you've got fans desperate to see those guys back on the diamonds. doesn't matter if it's in Florida. doesn't matter if it's in Arizona. doesn't matter if it's in Nevada. doesn't matter if it's in Texas. You had an opportunity to dominate for, for what? Like the first time ever, with the exception of opening day every year. You had the chance to dominate the sports news cycle for a long period of time, and you couldn't get it right. You had set forth an agreement back in March that was supposed to prepare you for this moment that we have been waiting for, and you can't get out of your own way. That agreement that was laid out back in March included, we talked about this on the podcast it included the doomsday scenario of no season happening. Now you've got an 82-game season proposal, and you still don't have it worked out. This is embarrassing for Major League Baseball owners. Absolutely embarrassing. For those of you who are, who, who are angry at the players right now, think about you... How about you go to work? You're working, you're working through this pandemic, and it's like, hey, just we, we've got to get through this. I'm, I, can, can, can you please, you know, there are very few of us uh, who can afford to take a 50% pay cut. So let's, let's dumb the numbers down a little bit for us and say, and these are numbers that are very real and going around, you know, all businesses and all walks of life right now. We need you to take a 10% pay cut. We're, we're going to get through this. We're not, we're not firing you. We're not letting you go. We just, I need you to take a 10% pay cut. And, you know, as soon as we have the opportunity to make it good, we're going to make it good. Now, mind you, in your position with your company, you bring them value. Not only do you bring them value now, you brought them value for years. And you bring value to your industry. And you've agreed. Okay, you got it. I believe in you. I believe in what we're doing. I believe we're going to get this thing back going again. 10% pay cut. Okay, cool. Hey, man, we're almost back to working. Hey, okay, I know we said 10, but can you go ahead and make it 25? You're like, wait, what? 25? No, I don't take no 25% pay cut. You told me it was 10. I agreed to 10. We collectively bargained to 10. Now you want to make it 25. Oh, but the company needs it. Oh, okay, show me. How much money did y'all lose during this pandemic? Not only do I want to know how much money you lost over the course of the last three months, I want to know what those losses mean to the bottom line. Because it's one thing to say that you lost money over the course of the last three months. It's another thing to say you're losing money as a league. Those are two very different things. If you make a if 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 you if if you've got a hundred million in the bank and during the pandemic you've lost uh you've lost the opportunity to make an additional hundred million and your bills have only cost you $70 million, well, guess what? You still got a profit of $30 million. You may have lost $100 million along the way. You may have not had the ability to earn $100 million along the way, but you as a league are not losing money. And I refuse to believe that Major League Baseball is operating in the red right now. I absolutely refuse to believe it. 
which is why what they did to the minor league baseball players yesterday was so gross. Every single one of those owners who are making money off of guys like Mike Trout and Garrett Cole and Bryce Harper and all of those different guys, they've made enough to where that they can play their pay their minor league systems at least to get them through. Because if you're a minor league baseball player, let me guess, what are you going to go do right now? You a minor league baseball player, what are you going to do? I'm talking about to feed your family. First of all, as a minor league baseball player, you don't make anything. You make next to nothing. But now you got to go get a real job. And what life skills does a minor league baseball player have who's been busting his ass to try to get to the Oakland A's, to try to get to the San Francisco Giants for all these years? What are they going to go do? You couldn't, you couldn't keep them afloat for a couple more months? And there are businesses. You know, there, 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 are, there are restaurants. There are companies here. They can't afford to do that. They can't afford to keep people afloat any longer. They've been trying to do it for three months. They've been trying to do the right thing. They've been trying to protect people. CBS, perfect example. We were just talking about all of the layoffs uh, at CBS. Television stations, radio stations, they're built off of ad revenue. Well, guess what? Businesses can't pay for advertising right now. The future is so uncertain. They can't pay for advertising. So these companies have gotten to the point where it's like, ah, man, we've, we've got to let this, you know, we've, we've, we've got to, we've got to trim somewhere. We've got to trim somewhere where we're going to be, you know, we're going to be digging, we're going to be trying to dig ourselves out of a hole. We're, we're never going to get out of this hole. Baseball, they ain't that. Local CBS affiliate, Sacramento. Okay. They, they I, I get that. They're relying on the businesses. They're relying on the car dealerships that can't be open or that couldn't be open for three months. They're relying on, you know, the restaurants at Doco that haven't been able to run advertising. They're, they're relying on the jewelers and all of these different things. They haven't been able to run ads. They're operating in the red or they're dangerously close to the red. And you know what happens when you're a part of a major corporation like CBS and you're in the red? Everybody gets fired. Locally, that's a problem. Oh, you couldn't figure... Okay. <laughs> well, y'all are gone. Every single one of you. And we'll send a new team in there to fix it. That's not baseball. Baseball ain't in that position. Come on. But yet, they're, they're bickering over 20 more percent. The deal that they made in March, they refused to honor. And I praised Adam Silver a moment ago and David Stern for you know never getting to the point where the players and I and I I know there were points in the David Stern era because David Stern was you know he's he's more welcoming than other sports commissioners, less welcoming than Adam Silver in terms of players. Come in, sit down, let's do this together. That's Adam Silver. David Stern is a little more like. Uh, all right, like a couple of you can come in. Like, ah, like take your shoes off. You know, just, I don't want you to stay long. You know what I mean? He's reluctant, but he understands. It's a player's league. And I've heard, you know, I've, I've heard the line as it pertains to baseball and you hear, or as it pertains to basketball and you hear it, you know, during the collective bargaining time, open your books. You're talking about, you know, you, you know, you, you always hear, um, as part of the negotiation, well, teams like Sacramento just can't carry their weight, and teams like Memphis, they can't carry their weight. Like, oh, for real? Oh. So y'all are making concessions because of small market teams. I see, that's what you're floating out to the public. It's usually coming from the league side. It's like, okay, show us. Never happens. 
And Adam Silver is going to try to avoid that moving forward, which I don't I don't think I think Adam Silver might be one of the only commissioners who never experiences a, a work stoppage. There at least one that pertains to, you know, labor discussions. Obviously, we're experiencing a work stoppage right now, but this is an entirely different kind. And I guess, and I guess I was completely I guess I guess my days were off about this uh this call with the with the uh with the general managers. Oh, or maybe it's Board of Governors. So General Managers was yesterday. Board of Governors is today. Because I swear there is some sort of big conference call today. But yesterday, the NBA General Managers and Adam Silver and other league officials, you know, they got in the conference call. They didn't make a commitment to any sort of, you know, plan. They just kind of went over. They kind of went over what the, uh, what the, um, the, the survey, the survey that went out. Uh, they went over what some of the results of those were, and this is according to the ringer. Half of the league's general managers voted to go straight to the playoffs and cancel the rest of the season. Again, want to be clear, this is according to the ringer. Uh, half of the league's general managers, they voted to go straight to the playoffs, cancel the rest of the season. Just over half of the league voted to recede the playoffs 1-16 to without factoring in conference affiliation. Now that makes sense. I don't know I don't know what the value of doing that is, but I don't know that there's I don't know. I don't what is the value in that? You know, it doesn't like you know, uh potential two seed, you know, the Toronto Raptors potentially falling to and I and I don't have, you know, I can pull these numbers up in front of me and see, you know, what the seeds would be if they were, you know, 1 through 16, but you know, home court's not a factor. You know, and that's normally the biggest thing when you're talking about seeding in the playoffs, right? Is you're talking about home court. Well, ain't a problem. You know, so we go to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling up the league standings here and we've got Milwaukee at number one, Toronto at, uh, excuse me, we've got Milwaukee at number one, Los Angeles at number two, and then we've got Toronto, and then we've got the Clippers. I said Los Angeles, I'm sorry, I should have said the Lakers. We've got the Bucks, the Lakers, the Raptors, the Clippers, the Celtics, and the Nuggets. So we got... East, West, East, West, East, West. And then we get the Jazz, the Heat, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Houston Rockets, um, the Indiana Pacers, the Philadelphia 76ers. So we'd be looking at, you know, a first-round matchup of, oh, this is great. (laughs) If I've got this right, the first-round matchup would be the first round matchup would be the Bucks versus the Magic, which is what it's going to be anyways, or what it would be anyways. And then the Lakers would have to play Brooklyn. Memphis would have Toronto. Like, I mean, I don't understand the, like, why? Why do, why do you have to do that now? Why can't, if, if we're skipping the uh, regular season, why do you have to realign the conferences? Or, or I'm sorry, not realign the conferences. Why do you have to reseed the teams? I know I've said this before, and I'm sorry, like I can't figure out a more creative way to say the same thing over and over again. Don't like change as little as possible. Stop trying to outthink the room. And I don't know how, I don't even know how much of a factor this survey plays, other than it was just that. It it, it was a survey. Uh general managers were surveyed about a playoffs plus. Format either a play-in tournament between the bubble teams, which we talked a lot about yesterday, to determine the final seeds of the playoffs, or a World Cup-style group stage, 
which would replace the end of the regular season and the first round of the playoffs with kind of a round-robin format. We discussed that yesterday. About 75% of teams voted in favor of a play-in tournament, while 25% of teams voted in favor of the group stage. I thought the group stage was stupid. So I'm glad that uh, the general managers agree with that and they're not about it. Um, and then, you know, the article goes to lay out some of the, you know, the different parameters of, of what the group stage would look like, but it doesn't, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, general managers unanimous, unanimously favored expanding rosters in the postseason as well. Obviously, that's important because we're dealing, you know, not just with injuries now. We're dealing with potential sicknesses, even asymptomatic uh, sicknesses where you could have a Dame Lillard. You could have a LeBron James who isn't, you know, uh, exhibiting a single symptom as it pertains to COVID-19 and he has to sit. Uh, you could also have a series of players on a team, um, whether exhibiting symptoms or not, that test uh, positive for the coronavirus, and now all of a sudden you've you've got to replace them. So I I, I, I like the idea that that appears that's going to be a part of, you know, whatever whatever resumption of basketball we get is expanded rosters. I thought that was uh, super super important. So nothing was decided. To yesterday with the general managers from what we hear if 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 I again unless I've just completely botched all of my you know talking points to you this week there is a call with the board of governors today remember Adam Silver said we could start you know we really expect to kind of lay things out at the beginning of June whether it's the first or second week of June we expect to you know start having some announcements and we hypothesized along with you know, some of the things that Shams and, and Sam Amick wrote in The Athletic about, you know, potential time frames and whether those time frames involve teams doing many training camps in market or it involves, hey, you're one of these 16 teams or, you know, perhaps in, in a, in a play-in situation, you're one of these 20 teams, wherever you're at, whether you're in your home market or you're just at home, fly directly to Orlando. If you fly to your home market, you hop on the charter. But somehow we, we, we're, we're going to Orlando. We're doing all of our testing there. And we're doing all of our training camps there. Whether it's a two-week training camp, whether it's a four-week training camp, whether we're doing scrimmages, whether we're doing um, exhibition games, or, or, or whether we're doing some form of regular season or, or play-in tournament games. We're doing it all from Orlando, which is what I think they should do. Not every state is open. Massachusetts isn't open. Boston, you know, the Celtics are there. Toronto's not open. There's a, there's a lot of states that just aren't in the place that California is right now. You know, California is, you know, we're we're heading into what phase three of the reopen, and there there are there are states that ain't even in phase one yet. There are states with NBA teams that aren't in phase one yet. That's why I think the smartest thing is everybody just go to Orlando. And if it makes the most sense to fly everyone in to their home market, get on the charter and fly to uh, fly to Orlando versus, you know, guys getting on commercial flights. You know, if you got guys scattered across the United States getting on commercial flights and flying to Orlando, that's, you know, that's the... That's a different entity too. Of course, if you're out of market and you've got to fly to 
<laughs> you've got to fly to your home state. You're probably flying commercial anyway, so maybe that point doesn't. Maybe that that's not even a real point. It doesn't matter. But we'll see. I, I mean, next. I think. I think next week is a big week for the NBA. I mean, of course, you know, Adam Silver said, yeah, we might have something June 1st, and we all jumped on, we're going to have something June 1st. Well, we might have something the first week of June, and whatever happens in this, you know, Board of Governors call tomorrow, it's, it's going to leak out. We're going to find out about it, and maybe we'll get some clarity as to where we're going to be next week and where we're going to be in the future with, with, with the NBA. I know I'm really excited about next week. We'll, we'll, next week we'll be celebrating the one-year anniversary of the podcast. Um and we'll be launching uh, my new podcast, Relive, with Damian Barling, which I'm extremely excited about. So I appreciate you tuning in, man. I, I, I'm sorry that the show started the way that it did. I told you, you guys have always been uh, therapy for me, even if you skipped past that. Sometimes I just got to say stuff out loud, and sometimes my dogs are tired of listening to me. Uh, and when I say my dogs, I don't mean my homeboys. I mean my actual two yellow labs. I think sometimes they're tired of listening to me. So uh, you guys get to be my audience. and, and uh, Or, in, in perhaps in some cases, you guys are stuck uh, being my audience. So, uh, But I appreciate you listening, man. Again, apologies for the dark tone to start the show. But, man, it's been, a, it's been a frustrating couple of days here, as I'm sure so many of you can relate. So thanks for tuning in, man. I expect next week to be um, – I think next week is going to be positive. I think it's going to be fun. Obviously, I'm, I'm excited about what we're doing here on the podcast I think I just went Andrew Luck. Did I drop a fun and excited? Man, that's a that's a throwback right there. Uh, but I, I think we might have something regarding the NBA, and I, I can't wait to see what that is. I, I, I hope I'm not wrong. I hope we're not excited for no reason. I hope I'm not excited for no reason. Uh, but I'm excited for what next week holds. That's a whole Andrew Luck would be proud of the final few minutes of this podcast, man. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, have a great weekend. Be safe. Be smart. Uh, COVID-19 is not over. Uh, the stay at home edict is not over. Uh, practice your social distancing, wear your mask, wear your gloves, do all that good stuff. And we'll be back here on Monday on the podcast with Damian Barber.